Hey, so good morning, church. I'm so glad that I get to be here with you this morning. So when I was in Bible college, I had a teacher uh, who would introduce every class by playing a game. And the class, as you might have guessed, was called Introduction to Youth Ministry. And it was the class every week that I was like, I'm so excited to go to this class. So I thought, you know, maybe to get you guys up out of your seats a little bit, teach a little bit of a lesson, right? There's oh, The game always has to tie back, right? So this morning, uh, we're going to play a game called Rock, Paper, Scissors, Cheerleader. Okay, so here's how this works. Who in here has played Rock, Paper, Scissors? All right, if anybody around you does not have their hand up, please quickly explain the rules to them for me. Rock, Paper, Scissors Cheerleader works exactly the same as Rock, Paper, Scissors, except for there's one big caveat. When you win Rock, Paper, Scissors, you get to keep going. So you, you go on to the next person. And if you lose, you guys think you sit down? Absolutely not. Here's what you do. If you lose, you are now the last part of this equation. You are now the cheerleader. It is your whole goal to watch that person win. And you are going to cheer for them. You're going to get loud. You're going to clap. And I know some of you are like, I've never been loud a day in my life. Well, today is the day, ladies and gentlemen. Today is the day. So what we're going to do is we're going to start playing rock, paper, scissors, cheerleader. And when you lose, you join the team. And when you win, you seek out your next victim. I mean, opponent. All right, everybody understand the rules? Okay, all right, guys, I want you to stand to your feet and we're gonna get started. <laughs> all right, hey, you guys might be wondering why I had you play that game. There really is a purpose behind it. See, the reason I had you play that game is because I believe that there are three things that happen in the book of Acts. There's a lot of things that happen in the book of Acts. But today, we're going to talk about three things that happen in the book of Acts that I think that that game helps us drive home. You see, three things that the church of Acts did incredibly well. And they, the three things are they displayed unity, they sent people, and they and they went themselves. And today we're going to unpack how the early church stayed unified, how it sent and how it went to the nations, how it fulfilled the call that Jesus gave to them. And so in that game, you know, you had to go and you had to find, you had to, some of you were like seeking out for your person. You were like, you were like, I'm going to find their next opponent. I'm going to find them. We're going to beat them and we're going to grow. So that game helps us to see that we should be unified in our mission, right? Everybody had the same goal and the goal was to win. And that game is a little bit unique because at the end of it all, everybody can win. That's kind of the cool part about that game. And so you all have the same mission to win. And it took all of you seeking and going to fulfill that mission. You see, the church in Acts was really, really good at doing those three things. And so we're going to take a look at Acts 1, 7 through 14. And it says, he replied, the father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. See, this is Jesus talking and he's saying, this is what you're going to do. You're going to go together and you're going to tell about me to everyone. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching and they could no longer see him. 
as they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, a distance of half a mile. When they arrived, they went to the upstairs room of the house where they were staying. Here are the names of those who were present. I'm going to read these fast. Here we go. Peter, James, I messed it up already. How's everybody doing today? You guys doing okay? All right. Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all met together and were constantly united in prayer, along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women, and the brothers of Jesus. During this time, when about 120 believers, oh, I went too far. That happens. So the church in Acts was a church that had a lot of things going for it. It was a church made up of many different people. It was a church that had one heart and one mind. And it was a church that had been personally visited by Jesus and existed for the sole purpose to make Jesus known. And we see the early church put a really heavy emphasis on being united with each other and ultimately, not just united with each other, but a really heavy emphasis on staying connected with the Lord. That's why they were in prayer all the time. They were trying to figure out what God wanted them to do, when God wanted them to do it. And they didn't want to make a move unless they heard from God. And so they have the Lord in, they have the Lord at the front of everything that they were doing. And they were always lifting each other up. And then they were also making sure that the people within the church had what they needed. I long for the unity that we see in Acts. I long for the unity that we see in the book of Acts. I would love to see our church take the book of Acts and say, this is how we're going to do it. This is how we're going to walk. This is how we're going to operate. And Honestly, I think our church does a really good job of that, but I always think that we can do one better because we can't ever be perfect, right? There's only one who's perfect. And so I want to see the same kind of unity in our church today. And I want to talk about this unity from the perspective of what these students are about to walk into, because these students are about to enter a season that they may or may not be ready for. I get to talk to them quite a bit. Some of them will tell me, I was born ready. I was born ready to go to college. I was born ready to leave home. I was born for this. And others will say, I want to stay home as long as I possibly can. I have no idea what I'm doing and I'm terrified. And here's the truth. We've all been there. We've all been in that season where we don't really know what's on the horizon. Maybe it's something that excites us. Maybe it's something that scares us. Whatever it may be, we've all been in that season. And we all know that whether we felt prepared or whether we felt like we weren't prepared, when we got there, the result was almost certainly different than what we thought. And so these kids are about to walk into a season that they've never been in before. I'm not trying to scare you guys, but you should be a little scared, just a little bit. Look, these three shaking their head. Maybe, okay, Zeke maybe shouldn't be scared. He's kind of already like, he's just already doing it. You can see his business cards all over town. If you need a haircut, Zeke. (laughs) All right. But you've been through these seasons before. 
you've walked through this. You've done something similar. You see, maybe it wasn't a one-to-one ratio. Maybe yours looked a little bit different, but you've been through something that looks very similar to what they're about to walk into. And you know what the result is of what they're about to walk into. And just like you guys joined teams and cheered each other on in the game, I want you to recognize right here in this moment that you are on the same team as these young people, that you are on the same journey, but you're a little bit further ahead. You've seen a little bit of what they have to walk into. And so how different would your journey have looked had somebody been walking beside you the whole time? And maybe you had somebody walking beside you the whole time. What would it have looked like? What, what, what would it look like if you were that for one of these young people? I want to see a church that is united in everything that we do. You see, we have a responsibility as their church family to support them and to make sure that they're prepared for this season. And hopefully through the teaching and the preaching and the one-on-ones and the many, many lunches that we've gotten to have with them, hopefully we've done a good job of that while, we were, while they were here. But I would ask you this question, is that it? When they walk through those doors today or next week or at the end of this summer, is that it? Is that all that we can do? Is that all that we should do? And I would say, absolutely not. I would say that we need to be a church that when they leave these doors, they don't leave our church, they just leave our building. And so I want to be that church that says, we can do more. See, them leaving the nest, them stepping into this next season, no matter what it is, that's not where our support should end. I would argue that that's where our support should really, truly begin because they are going into something that we've been through or something at least similar. And I think the way that I like to look at this is I want to be a church that is considered a generational church. And that's a church where generations have come through and been supported and are still being supported today. A, generation, a generational church is a church that is united and supportive through all of the life stages. You know, I, I've had so many people pour into my life over the years and not just for a season. I've had people that were just for a season, but I've had people pour into my life that are still pouring into my life to this day. I talked to my youth pastor earlier this week. He's taking a job in Illinois. Who's going to Illinois? Who knows? But he's taking a job in Illinois. And so I got to talk to him about what that process looks like for him and what that what what that's going to be like. And me and his name is Jade. Me and Jade, we still we still talk on the regular because we are united. And he, when I left his youth group, I didn't leave him. He continued to support me. The church that I met my wife at, it's a church called Life Church. It's in Bartlesville. I love Life Church. I haven't been there in 11 years. Is that right? 11 years. I haven't been a member of Life Church in 11 years, but they're still a type of home for me. And I still hear from people from Life Church because they, are, they still support me. My mentor, the man who I would consider the, the man who can speak into my life more than anybody else, he still is on staff at Life Church. I have, a, I have a dear friend, his name is Justin. 
We worked on the 99 together. We were ministry partners. We talk once a week. And I have so many more stories just like that. You see, I've accumulated mentors and spiritual leaders throughout my entire life. People who still impact me in big and profound ways, even today. The church isn't meant to be a place that's tied to one location and one period of time, one season. It's meant to be a place where people grow together and then continue to support and encourage one another. See, we're supposed to be united in all that we do. And that doesn't mean that we're united while we're in these in this room or in that room or in a certain small group. No, it means that we should be united for life. And you might be united in different ways. You know, you might, you might pour into somebody in a, bit of, in a bit of a different way, but I want to see a church that is united, not just in this building, but that is united beyond this building. The three things that the church of Acts did really well. The first one is unity. The church was united in mission, vision, and goal. They were praying together. They were seeking God together and they were, they loved each other really well. And so when these kids go out, I'm sorry, I don't mean kids. When these young adults go out, they need your support. They need you to be praying for them. They need you to reach out to them. They need you to give some of the wisdom that you have. Don't hoard your wisdom. You have wisdom. Give it freely because they need it. And the second thing that the church did a wonderful job of is they sent people out and they supported them when they went. Take a look at Acts 8 verse 14. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John there. As soon as they arrived, they prayed for these new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them, for they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands upon these believers and they received the Holy Spirit. When they heard of the work that was being done, they sent two of their top church leaders to support Philip in the work that he was doing. Just because Philip wasn't in their specific community anymore didn't mean that they just said, all right, Philip is doing his own thing. He's doing great. He's baptizing people in the name of Jesus. He's doing great things. No, they said, hey, Philip went and we're going to send people to support him. Now, I'm not saying that you should drive up to Oklahoma State every weekend. Ben looked at me like they were like death. There's death in his eyes when I said that. So please don't drive up to Oklahoma State every weekend. Um, no, but I'm not saying that you need to drive up there, but be the people who will reach out. Be the people who will, who will take time out of your day to make sure that they're doing okay, to make sure that if they need somebody to talk to, they have somebody to talk to, that if they need scripture to be poured into their lives, that you are the person who can pour scripture into their lives we should be sending these students out into the world, right? That's part of our job. If these students go out into the world and they spread the name of Jesus, I would call it a success. No matter where they end up, no matter what they do, no matter what college they attend, what job they have, whatever it is, if they go out and they do something that honors God, that's a win. But we shouldn't just send them and leave them. We should send them and support them. 
We should send them and be there for them. We should send them and pray for them. We should send them and talk to them. We should be there for them because they're about to enter a season that they've never been in. And it can be really easy for us to go, all right, we've done it. We've done the work. We've put it in. We're done. Empty nesters, we're doing great. But instead, we could say, the work has just begun. And we get to continue to partner with them. We get to continue to pour into their lives. We get to continue to do these things with them. Because when they leave this building, when they leave here, they aren't done with the gospel. No, in fact, I would argue that they're just getting started. That they're just getting started with the mission that Jesus has given every believer to spread the gospel in all of the world. And so it's our job to send these students out, but also to make sure that we support them when they go. And the third thing that the church did a really, really good job of, and we see it a little bit with Peter and John, how they went to support Philip and Philip had already went, but they were sending to support. But the third thing is they went. They did a really good job of going. The early church did a great job of understanding that it was important for them to be united in in mission, supportive in sending, and also to make going a priority. And so these kids are about to step into, I don't know if you guys watch the news, but the world's not looking great right now. But I don't want to send these kids into that world unprepared. I want to send them there with the support of a church family that loves them and that that can help them to navigate this winding road. And these kids are going to step into it and they're going to do great. I mean that. You guys are fantastic. I've seen, I'm going to talk to them for a second. I've seen so much growth in you guys, even in the six months I'm here. When I said that you guys are some of the hardest working kids I've ever met, I meant that. And I mean that you guys are going to go into the world and I really believe that through the power of Christ working in you, you're going to change it. It's going to, it's going to flip because you guys, are, you guys are, are, have servants' hearts and you want to see the world one for Christ. And I know that. Like I've seen it in you. All right, I'm back to you guys. All right. So the early church did a great job of that. And these kids need us to do a great job of it. Acts 13, one through, C, one through three, among the prophets and teachers of the church at Antioch of Syria were Barnabas, Simeon called the black man, Lucius from Cyrene, Menaean, the childhood companion of King Herod and Tippus and Saul. One day as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I have called them. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. The apostles were sensitive to hear what they were to hear that they were supposed to send Paul and Barnabas out into the world. And Paul and Barnabas were sensitive enough to listen and to go. These students are going out into the world. Even if they are still going to be here working, they're still out into the world in a way that they never have been before. Students, as you start this journey, whether it's college or trade school or entering the workforce or entering the military, I want you guys to be sensitive to what God wants to do with you in this season. Be sensitive to listen and to go where he tells you to go. 
And I want to leave everybody in this room with a renewed desire to see young people come to know Christ. And once they come to know him, to see them be discipled well. And so I want to ask you guys three questions. And I've got three questions for you guys too, but those are coming up in a second. And these three questions are meant to challenge you. And they're meant to make you go, this is a lot simpler than what I, what I sometimes make it out to be. And the first question that I would ask you is, what did you need when you were younger? When you think back to when you were their age, maybe a little older, maybe a little younger, what did you need? What was it that you needed in your life? What seasons have you walked through that you could help them with? What could I do to help those coming after me? What did I need when I was walking through what they were walking through? How has God taught me and led me through different mountains and valleys in my life? And how can I teach them that same thing? Second question, how can I be that for them? How can I be what I needed when I was younger for the next generation? Not just teenagers, right? Not just teenagers, not just young adults, but anyone coming through our church doors. I had a dear friend in Bartlesville. She's actually, fun fact, born here in Borger, Texas. Didn't know that until I moved here, but she was born here in Borger, Texas. And she helped us get a college ministry off the ground. And she loved those college girls and the, really just the college ministry in general. She just loved it. She was so good at it. And she based it all on those two questions. She looked at what they, she looked at what they were going through and she said, what did I need when I was their age? And how can I be that for them? And she has formed incredible connections with the college kids and the young adults because she asked those two questions. So I would encourage you, ask yourself those questions. What did you need? And how can you be that for those coming up? And then finally, ask yourself this. What can I be doing to actively cheer? What can I be... What can I, what can I do to be actively cheering on and encouraging those our church is sending out? And that doesn't necessarily have to apply to them. For today, specifically, it's applying to them. But that can be something that you ask yourself for the rest of time. How can I be doing that? And how can I be doing that well? Now, to our seniors, let me challenge you guys with this. This isn't just for them. This isn't something that just they have to do. I hope that they do. I hope that they support. But that final part, that going part, that's very specifically to you guys. I want you guys to go out well. And I think that you can do that by asking yourselves these three questions. How can I take what this church has taught me, what my leaders have taught me, and apply it to this next season? What wisdom can I take from those who've already walked this path? There's so much wisdom in this room. Tap into it. And, it's, and, and I guarantee anybody in this room would love to give you that wisdom, would love to give you that wisdom. And finally, how can I make sure that I'm not doing this alone? See, we've never been called to do anything alone. Even when they send Paul and Barnabas out, what do they do? They send Paul and Barnabas. When they send 
Peter and John, what are they? Peter and John. It's always pairs. It's always people. They send more than one because we're not meant to do any of this alone. Church, it's your job to send, to make sure that these students leave this place with the tools that they need to succeed, with the tools that they need to honor God. This should be a, com- a combination of prayer, encouragement, and students, you're, gonna not, you're not going to like this part, but here it is. Even correction sometimes. Like they need it. Leo, looking at you, man. I'm just kidding. Leo's great. But yeah, so we should be, it should be a combination of prayer, encouragement, and correction. And seniors, it's your job to go. It's your job to go out and to bring glory and honor to God, to take what you've learned in this place over these years, to take your knowledge of Christ and the wisdom that's been poured into you and to take it to the ends of the earth. In a few moments, I'm going to invite you guys. I'm going to invite all of our seniors to the front. Not yet. In just a moment, we're going to invite them to the front. And then I'm going to invite you guys during the final worship song to come up and to pray for our seniors. You know, just, just pray over them, whatever you want to pray, feel free to pray. And if you feel comfortable, I would love for you to do that. And I would also encourage you with this. If you feel comfortable with this, give them a way to contact you. Make sure that they know that they aren't going into this next season alone. And then finally, I would love it if you would just take some time to share a favorite scripture that's helped you in a hard time. But before we do that, I wanted to give you an opportunity to hear from one of our students. And he's going to share how he's found encouragement and hope within the walls of FCC over the last few years. If you guys would please welcome Matt Myers. Good morning. Man. Down there, it doesn't look like there's that many people. But up here, whew. Okay. Okay. So if y'all didn't know, I've been an intern here at FCC for two years. So I got to help Corey. Now I help John with anything youth-related, setting up, cleaning up confetti now. Thank you. But so honestly, just with those past two years, I've learned just uh, the importance of community and being a part of the church. Not just going to church and... Uh, just attending, but actually being involved and having connections with people. You know, what I've learned through those connections is that, man, there's a lot of y'all. No, but, uh, okay. But this importance of community uh, has really shown me that it's important to be a part of a church. You know, the uh, opportunities I've, I've risen with connections or spiritually even, I mean, in these past years, my relationship with God, there I am. The relationships with God has really grown. But um, I have one Bible verse, but it's going to follow kind of John's message. And if y'all want to turn there, it's Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. And so this reads, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm, but now one can keep warm alone. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And so, to me, this verse shows that God calls us to uh, be connected into our community 
and that together we are stronger. And so moving on in my life, I plan on moving down to Dallas completely alone, not knowing no one. And so right now I'm, I'm already looking for churches to that I can be a part of. And that's, thank you all. That's great. All right. Hey, seniors, I'm going to invite you guys to come on up. I'm going to invite Michael to come on up. Um, he's going to lead us on our final worship song. If you guys will go ahead and stand with me, um, I'm going to close this out. I'm just going to pray over our seniors. And then if you guys want to come down and just pray with them, I would really appreciate it. Father God, today, today we just come before you and we just thank you for the lives that you've let us pour into. God, as I, as I think about these seniors and I think about everything that you've done in them over the last six months that I've been here and uh, from the stories that I've heard over the last years that you have been able to, to, to change their lives. God, we're just so thankful for the work that you started, the work that you continue to do. And God, as they step out into this next season, may they go and go well. Maybe, may they go and bring glory and honor to your name. And God, may they go into a world that may not agree with them, but that needs what they have. God, help us as the church to be a church that sends and supports our seniors well. And not just our seniors, but everyone who gets to come through these doors. Lord, may this place be a place that, that lasts for generation upon generation, that we see people come in and out of these doors, but may they never be able to leave here without having you imprinted on them and transforming them from the inward most parts out. God, you are so, so good. You continue to blow me away with what you do in young people's lives. God, keep doing what you've always done because it's always been good and it's always been incredible. And we are just in awe that you let us be a part of it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.